Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. And welcome back to KMOX. We're going to go now to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line, where we're joined by Thane Rosenbaum. He's the CBS New Legal Analyst. Uh, Thane, thanks so much for joining us on KMOX here in St. Louis. Anytime for you, John and Michael. Hey, appreciate it. So we've gotten the ruling that came out of Colorado, the referencing the 14th Amendment. Colorado has said that uh, Donald Trump cannot be on the ballot. Uh, very significant ruling, uh, probably going to be taken up by the Supreme Court, correct? Yeah, I would be. I think they are already in the process of appealing it, and they have to on a number of levels. Remember, you know, they're relying, Colorado relied on a law, the 14th Amendment is right after the Civil War, and it had a very specific purpose to grant equal protection and rights to former slaves, uh, and also to just generally create a clause of protection, constitutional protection of equal protection. But the, Section 3 really was designed to make sure that Confederate generals and the president of the Confederacy didn't run for public office. Uh, and that was really its purpose. You know, we just fought a civil war, and we, we really don't want you know uh, Confederate generals becoming the senator of you know Alabama or Mississippi. The law hasn't really been used since then; rarely used, if at all. Even after January sixth, there was an attempt to use it against a few of the people who were at the Capitol and ran for Congress, and people and states tried to do, disqualify them through that, and it didn't work. So this is what made Colorado's Supreme Court decision so remarkable, because even quick courts, even the attempts in Michigan, New Hampshire, Oregon and Minnesota have failed. Yeah, this is uh, fascinating. And if you read the majority opinion, it was a narrow majority in the Colorado court. Uh, They basically are relying on the plain language of that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, uh, which says, in effect, if you've been part of an insurrection, if you shall have engaged in an insurrection or rebellion against the United States or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, you can't run for office. That's And they're looking at just that plain language. And in some regards, you could consider that, could could you consider that to be an originalist interpretation of that of that part of the Constitution? God, you, you, you're not even a lawyer. You nailed that. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's what they're saying now. Some people are saying, well, conservatives, don't you believe in originalist positions? And so therefore the plain textual language itself. But remember, the key word that you mentioned was insurrection, because, who, you know, the Colorado Supreme Court essentially made findings of fact, no jury trial. Uh, the question of whether that was an insurrection has never been legally determined. Uh, and Donald Trump's participation in the insurrection has not been legally determined, not only legally determined, it's not a part of any of the cases that have been brought against them, especially the one in Washington, D.C., which everyone used to call the January 6th case, and they don't anymore. You want to know why? Because it's not really about that. <laughs> it's not about you know Donald Trump and the things that he said at the ellipse that resulted in in the you know preceding uh, the storming of the Capitol. We, we, we forgot that case. So it's as if Colorado just on its own magically said, we are ruling that this was an insurrection and we're ruling that it's your fault. 
uh, and that the reason it's your fault, again, very much in opposition of Supreme Court precedent, is that every tweet that you wrote, every speech that you made, there's always a little piece of it. If you knit them all together, that constitutes the incitement to a riot. The problem, gentlemen, that's not what the Supreme Court has said about the First Amendment. It's not things that you said a year ago. It's what did you say imminently? What did you just say that forced people, compelled them, encouraged them, entreated them to go off and commit acts of violence? And the opinion cleverly, by the way, the January 6th Select Committee also left out this key language. And as a law professor who's written a book on First Amendment, it's troubling to me. The language where Trump says, Soon we will all walk over peacefully and patriotically and make our voices heard. The minute he said that, he was protected under the First Amendment, and he did not incite a riot. And they, everyone leaves that sentence out, and it's, it's like playing fast and loose with the facts. So what's the next step in the process here? The courts made this ruling. We're kind of in limbo. As of right now, Donald Trump won't show up on the Colorado ballot. We're hearing now Michigan and some other states may take the same approach. What's the next step for the Supreme Court to come in uh, and make some type of a ruling? And what's a timeline? So that's a good question. You know, what you guys probably realize is that you, you, I'm always busy in June with you. Uh, silly, it's all over the country. Why? Because all the Supreme Court decisions come out in June. It's like the Supreme Court has a flair for the dramatic. You know, just before we go on our summer vacation, we unload all of our decisions. Well, clearly, if they did that here, it would be too late because the primary season is coming up. We've got caucuses, Super Tuesdays, right? We're concerned about these other lawsuits brought against Donald Trump. So if they're going to take this up on an emergency basis, they're going to have oral briefing and oral argument really fast. Uh, and they're essentially going to have to be looking at whether the Supreme Court of Colorado overreached its authority to interpret the Constitution in this way. Thane Rosenbaum is our guest, CBS News legal analyst. Uh, you point out correctly that Donald Trump's not been charged with um, insurrection or even inciting insurrection. I also think you're one of the few... Uh, voices I've heard that points to that peacefully go to the Capitol quote as being significant. And it is significant. On the other side of this, you've got a number of defendants from January 6th who've been charged with seditious conspiracy and convicted of it. Uh, What's the relationship between seditious conspiracy and insurrection, if any? You you guys are good. I hope your listeners know that um, yeah, uh, you know, of the thousand people that were arrested and many of whom pleaded guilty uh, to January 6th related crimes, the vast, 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 vast majority pleaded guilty to things like, you know, uh, uh, disturbing the peace, uh, unlawful trespass on federal property, uh, you know, obstruction of justice, uh, only a handful of people were slapped with the uh, seditious conspiracy argument. The seditious conspiracy is the closest thing to the insurrection because it it, it caused, because it basically says you were part of a conspiracy of people. The problem that the prosecutors had is most of the people running crazy in the Capitol didn't know each other. They're just running crazy, right? And a conspiracy requires an agreement to confer in an illegal act. The three of us, 
have to talk about what we're going to do, and we do it. And that failure, since a lot of these people just run along on crazy people, made it impossible to bring a seditious conspiracy. The idea of undermining the federal government, trying to overthrow the federal government. So, again, they didn't charge specifically in insurrection on those people, uh, but this is the closest charge they could get. But what most people don't realize, the vast majority of people that pleaded guilty and sitting in jail had nothing to do with this. They were pled guilty or were convicted of much lower crimes, which is why Trump's lawyers have a legitimate argument when they say, show me where my client was criminally indicted for insurrection. You guys are drawing a conclusion without impaneling a jury, without hearing any evidence. You're saying, I'm sitting in the Rocky Mountains <laughs> and I'm watching CNN and I've decided that what happened. I, I, gentlemen, I would feel a lot better if this decision came from Virginia or Maryland. <laughs> but at least they were closer to the scene of the crime. He is Thane Rosenbaum. We're going to have to keep our seatbelts fastened as this is going to get fast and furious, and we'll be checking in with you, Thane. Kind enough to join us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Uh, Best of luck to you.